0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wa salatu wa ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajmaeen assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakat everybody um i hope you guys in chat are doing well we are in like the last breaths of 2020 what a incredible uh truly incredible and i mean that in the literal sense like unbelievable uh year and um you know alhamdulillah you know we just thank allah for his for His mercy and His grace and His generosity, um, you know, despite maybe not knowing what the uh, what the wisdom or the purpose of certain happenings in this year uh, was, we thank Allah Taala always for that. And you know, it's been a wonderful time to come on once a month and share some sessions with you guys. This this series, the theme of this series, is really critical and it's really important, and it's um it's something that. Sorry, when I said series, Siri popped up. Um, it's something that I'm really impressed that uh, you know, young people, uh, young Muslims and 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 Muslimas, that they think about these questions of intentions and how to make sure that your intention is is solid and is valid, because oftentimes most people, not just young people, most people in general, um, just act and do what they think or do what they feel and then kind of just, you know, figure things out later. If it worked out, then it worked out. If it didn't work out, then it didn't work out. But to be a person of reflection and a person of thought uh, and a person of strategy and of, you know, um, faith, trying to really make sure that everything that I'm doing is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, There's definitely a level there that is uh, very unique and extremely rare. And so we ask Allah to help all of us and to protect us. And especially my ICD, the young people there that are that are trying to become closer to Allah, no matter how difficult it is. Keep trying. Keep trying. Today, we're going to talk about the conclusion of this series. So we talked about what is our purpose. We talked about making sure that we understood sincerity what does it mean to be sincere? Um, and now we're going to talk about keeping focus and not getting distracted. Um, distractions and losing focus and losing that, that, uh, momentum that we oftentimes, you know, look for in our life is actually one of the greatest ways that people fail. Um, you know, so many of us in school are definitely able to understand the material that we study. You know, sometimes in class, it takes a little bit longer to understand things, but I would say for the most part, most of us, we can kind of get it, you know, a couple of days of studying, a couple of days of reviewing. What makes a person struggle in school or at work or anywhere really is not so much the inability to do something, but it's the inability to do something consistently and to do something with focus. This is why you see the Prophet Muhammad say that أَحَبُّ الْأَعْمَالِ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَإِنْقَلْ That the most beloved of deeds to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet is saying this, are the deeds that are small, though, you know, or, I'm sorry, consistent, in وَإِنْقَلْ Those that are consistent, even if they are, you know, small in quantity, even if they are small in their amount, and so I remember, you know, like asking uh, one of one of the Sunday school classes that I used to teach. I remember asking them, like, you know, what's a more beloved deed to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? Is it a person giving, uh you know, a hundred dollars, uh, a hundred dollars to sadaqah for the Masjid, or is it a person giving ten cents every day? So one hundred dollars one day in the year, or is it ten cents every day? And before we studied this hadith, everybody said 100, why? Because 100 is more, right, than 10 cents every day, okay? And so here then, everyone made the mistake of thinking what? Quantity instead of quality, that the greater the number, it's greater than the consistency that the person is showing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves when we are consistent. Why? Because consistency, I'm going to go to the comments here so I can start asking questions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves when we are consistent. Because why? Because consistency is something that again is difficult. And if you're able to be consistent, then you'll be able to make sure that there never comes a time when you lose focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why there's five prayers in a day. One of the reasons that some of the scholars, the ulamat, they say, you know, why are there five prayers spread out across the day? Why couldn't it be that there's one prayer and it's at nighttime, after your day is all done, you make wudu and you pray, you know, one long prayer. Let's say it's like, it's like tarawih prayer. It's like, you know, you pray that many, rak'at, you know, every night, but not for that long. Let's say you just prayed, you know, one prayer every night. Why? Why is it spread out through the entire day? And some scholars in their exposition on Salah, when they were explaining prayer, they said that, isn't it wonderful and isn't it genius that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He ordained Salah to be done in this manner. And by doing so, the believer remembers Allah at every point in their day. The believer remembers Allah in the morning when they wake up. They remember Allah in the middle of the day, in the middle of their work, they remember Allah in the afternoon, they remember Allah in the in the evening time, and then at night before they go to sleep. So every key milestone that a person has in their day, they're remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So consistency is part of that design. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He actually tells us in the Qur'an about ourselves. And He does this, you know, numerous times. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He He explains to us like our own reality. I actually love the verses that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about ourselves. So Surat Al-Ma'arij is the 70th chapter in the Quran, Surat Al-Ma'arij, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about ourselves. Let's see if you feel like this is an accurate description. Obviously, you know, we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is gonna tell us the truth, but let's see if you can identify this in your own life, okay? So he says in al Insana Holika Halua Ida Masahu Sharu Jazua Wa Ida Masahul Khairu Manu Ah. He says that indeed in al Insana Hulika halua." that they were human beings. All cre all of the human creation was created with this characteristic of hella hela that means like anxiousness restlessness right this inability to settle that we are always looking for the next thing we are always looking for the next thing you just finished eating lunch you're wondering what is going to what you're going to eat for dinner you just finished uh you know this you just finished one series on netflix you're wondering what what is the next series on netflix you just scroll through your tiktok You got through there, and now you're going to go to your Instagram. And then after that, you're going to check your Snapchat. And then after that, you're going to check your TikTok again. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that this is part of the uh, uh, default state of human beings. That this is part of the the, the default state of human beings, is that there is a sense of anxiousness. There's a sense of almost like restlessness that we are created with. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about two specific scenarios. He says, jazu'an." That if evil grazes, مَسَّة in Arabic means to touch something, but it means a very light touch, right? "Masa" can mean like a very light touch, like just to make contact. jazu'an." That whenever evil touches any part of the life of a human being then they become incredibly impatient very flustered very frustrated right so anything happens right you get a flat tire someone bumps into your car you know the 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 you're trying to you're trying to pay for your groceries and and the and the cash the cash register or the checkout register the machine goes down Right, and and, and you see the reaction that people have when stuff like this happens. It's almost like they lose their mind. This actually happened, by the way, yesterday. I was in the grocery store, and I don't know if y'all, have y'all ever seen someone pay with a check before? You guys know what a check is, right? Like a, a paper check, all right? So now everyone has cards, like debit cards. But the way that checks work is like checks are directly connected to your bank. They have your bank information on there. So what you would do is you would write a check and then you would show your ID and they would verify and they would take the check. Okay. And obviously this is like an old school way of paying. I don't think I've seen anyone do it in a very, very long time. But I was at the grocery store and the lady asks, you know, uh, there's four or five people in front of me, and the lady who's paying, the lady who she's checking out, she goes, Do you guys take check? And when she said that, the three or four people that were in between like me and her, they were like, Oh my. God, right? Like they were like they verbally actually like assaulted this woman. They were like, What? You don't have a debit card? Blah 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 blah, right? And I thought to myself, subhanAllah, to write a check, you know how long it takes? It takes like 30 seconds, you know, to write a check. She wrote the name of the grocery store, Kroger. You know, then uh how much was the, the the amount? $50, whatever the you know. And then all she has to do is write the date and sign. That's it. And then show her driver's license and it's done. Okay? But these people, they like lost their mind. They lost their mind. Have you guys ever been at a stoplight when it goes from red to green and you don't go right away? You're maybe like two seconds late or one second late. What happens? Everybody behind you, people throw their hand on the horn as if what? as if you're you're you've been sitting there for 3 minutes and you're going to miss the light it's in, it's it's crazy how absolutely rattled and flustered we get as human beings right and then when you think about it you're like man i just lost my cool i just lost my my equilibrium my homeostasis i just lost that over 30 seconds 1 minute right i lost that over like the most you know subhanallah the most uh, marginal minor tiny thing i lost my cool over that allah ta'ala tells us this that whenever any evil touches you any difficulty touches you as a human being you lose it you lose it and then he says the next one That and whenever any good things happen whenever anything good happens to human beings then they become Uh, stingy, they become withholding, they start to, they shut it down, they start to lock it down, right, you know, so whenever something bad happens, we become incredibly flustered, whenever something good happens, we become very paranoid, we become very stingy, we become very uh, uh, attached, that, no, this is mine, this is mine, like when you get french fries at a restaurant, you know, and your friend comes, and hey, can I have a couple fries, and you're like, Get your own fries, man, right? Whenever good things happen, then you become to start what? You start to become stingy. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is basically saying that it's very easy for human beings to become distracted by what? By their hala'ah, by their constant need and restlessness to do something and to fulfill their desires, right? That human beings are ultimately distracted by themselves. We are our own greatest distraction. It's amazing, right? We have every reason in front of us to be focused on Allah and we get distracted by what? By a bunch of things, by everything, right? And subhanAllah, instead of us turning and remembering Allah all the time, we become distracted by the very blessings that Allah gave us. You know, how many of us have missed prayer because we were eating with friends? How many of us have missed prayer because we were watching an NBA or an NFL game? How many of us have missed prayer because we were shopping at the mall? Is obviously like pre-COVID. How many of us have missed prayer because we were sleeping in our home? It's crazy. We actually lose focus on Allah because we are focused on the gifts that he has given us instead of focusing Him on him. Remarkable, right? So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this is the state of the human being. And this actually reminds me of a story when I first got my first car, this Toyota Camry. I remember, man, subhanAllah, I grew up uh, sharing a car with my, my brother, my sibling, my brother. And it was an old Toyota Corolla. Man, that thing was, her name was Aziza. We named her Aziza. And I remember my old Toyota Corolla, man. It was amazing. Like we you know we went to school downtown Chicago. So one thing you have to get used to in downtown Chicago is that when you park your car, you're probably gonna come back to your car and it's gonna have one or two more scratches than it did when you left it. Because people, when they park, they bump into your bumper and things like that, right? So Aziza, you know, she was she was very loyal and she was an incredible, she was such a blessing for us at that time because obviously going to school and things like that, it was really amazing. Sorry the pizza guys here delivering my kid's uh my kid's pizza. Sorry if you heard the doorbell. Um so so subhanallah Aziza was like this, you know, incredible blessing for us. This remarkable remarkable blessing for us. And so I'm not trying to be ungrateful at all in the least bit. But you know, when you're used to something and it's old and it's kind of like scratched up and beat up and all that kind of stuff, you know that, you know, ultimately you kind of want something new right and so i remember when i when i got my own car for the first time i'll never forget i got my job and i got my first car a toyota camry brand new brand new like brand new car was never something my family ever had growing up we always bought you know for the most part used cars we always bought used cars that was like all we could alhamdulillah that's that's all we had so a new car man subhanallah and i remember it had like you know, power windows. Do you guys know that like, there are cars that have windows that you have to roll the window down? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You guys ever heard of that or seen that? There's no power window. You have to roll the window down and then roll it back up. So this had power windows, okay? Uh, th- it didn't have leather because I still, I, I wasn't that, I wasn't I wasn't looking that good in the bank account, so I couldn't get leather. So there was, you know, power windows. Oh, I had CDs. There was a six CD pl- there was an aux cable, there was an aux cord. You know, there were all these amazing like things, right? A sunroof, right? These are all things. And it was mine, it was my car. And I remember the day that I got it, y'all, it was a Friday, it was after Juma. I remember I prayed Juma'a and then I went to the dealership and I, uh, and I got the car and it took me like four hours because you know, they make you do all this stuff and negotiations and then finance and all that kind of stuff, right? So I remember like, I got the car and I think I was leaving at Maghrib. I think it was like Maghrib time. Cause I think I got there like two and I was leaving around like six or something like that. And I still remember I was pulling out of the parking lot and I felt so good. I felt so blessed. You no, know, I almost got emotional. I was like Alhamdulillah, like this is crazy. You know, started at the bottom. Now we're here, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I felt like. I was like, dang, I have a, a brand new car. I'm driving a brand new car. And as I was driving, you know, Toyota, their partner company or their subsidiary company is Lexus. Lexus is like the very nice, uh, you know, version of the Toyota. So the Toyota Camry has the equivalent, the Lexus ES, right? So, you know, it's kind of like the luxurious version of the Toyota. Still have the same engines, but the car themselves, I don't got to tell you guys about cars. You guys are from Detroit. So you guys know about a thing or two about cars. So I remember pulling out of the Toyota parking lot and across the street, was the Lexus dealership, and I remember that my heart saw at the same time that I was pulling out across the street, or at the front, pulling out from the Toyota dealership. At the same time, there was a Lexus IS, which is like the the sporty kind of like coupe. Uh, Lexus was pulling out, and it was blue. It was beautiful, and it was. We were both kind of exiting the parking lot at the same time, and the highway was in between us. And I remember looking across and it was brand new. I remember looking across and I remember being like, man, when can I get one of those? (laughs) You know, and I've had a brand new car now for like, like six minutes, (laughs) you know, like they just washed it. I was driving it off the lot and I see this Lexus and I'm like, dude, my car stinks, man. Like I need a Lexus. I need that, you know? Why am I driving this uncle car, this Ammu Toyota, man? Like, why don't I get a Lexus, you know? And subhanAllah, like I caught myself. That's what I was thinking internally. It was like, man, a Lexus would be nice. And I thought to myself, what are you saying, man? You just got a brand new car. Why are you even looking at another car? What's the, what, are you serious? And it reminded me of the Hadith of the Prophet where he said that every son of, and daughter of Adam Every child of Adam is going to constantly never be satisfied. We will constantly be in a state of dissatisfaction. We'll never feel satisfied until he said we are buried in the ground. We'll never stop wanting things until we're dead in the ground. So really, when it comes to sincerity, and by the way, no, I did not end up getting the Luxus. I, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, kept my Toyota and now i drive a honda so i'm i'm not a very big car person as long as it mashallah, is comfortable and it works that's all i need so but just to just to kind of show and illustrate that this kind of neediness this hela this this anxiousness this restlessness this this constantly looking and being concerned and all that it's it's part of who we are now allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he created us like this but he also gave us and he created us and he gave us different ways to combat this kind of helaa, this kind of restlessness. All right. So what does he say, Azza wa Jalla? What does he say? He says, إِلَّا الْمُصَلِّينَ Except for those people who pray. Right. That all of these characteristics of being restless and being pessimistic and being greedy and selfish in different parts of your life. Where you lose focus and you become distracted, and all you focus on is the dunya and materials, and whenever things are going south, you lose focus on Allah, you lose focus on everything. He says, except for those people who are consistent in their prayer, those people who are what? That's number one. The number one in this list, there's gonna be like four or five things. The number one thing that will break a person's distraction of this dunya is when they break themselves off from the dunya and they pray to Allah. You see, it makes sense, right? If a person can't stop what they're doing to pray to Allah, then they are drowning in the distraction of the dunya. They're drowning. If a person can't stop. If a person can stop what they're doing and can pray to Allah, then that person has the power and the discipline to disconnect themselves from the, the wild jungle of the dunya and be able to seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a few minutes in their day. So Allah ta'ala says the first step, if a person wants to be able to have focus and have consistency, is the first thing is you have to look at is your prayer. How is my prayer? And every prayer has an indication. Fajr. Fajr. The indication for us is how bad do I want it, right? Fajr is like how bad do I want it? Am I going to stay up late again and again and again and and never be able to wake up? And is that just you know because I want to watch something? Because I keep scrolling on TikTok? Because I keep watching the next video on YouTube? Because I I want to see the next episode on Netflix? Like what is it that's going to take my focus off of Fajr? Because you and I know that the later that you stay awake, there's a certain point where you know when you close your eyes, you're not waking up your eyes before the sun is up. You know that, right? And so Fajr has that time. are you going to be able to stop what you're doing in the middle of it? You know, it's 12, it's 1, it's 2 p.m. And you're in the middle of something very important for your life, school, work, whatever it might be. Are you going to be able to stop and say, no, it's dhuhr time, asr time towards the afternoon, heading into the evening, right? It's time for you to wrap up your, the, the things that you're doing during the day. It's time for you to wrap those things up. Can you, can you, you know, stop yourself from just wanting to rush home? And can you pray to Allah in that moment? Maghrib, very short time. You're hungry, right? You want to just kick back. You want to change into sweatpants and a t-shirt and just have some food. But can you worship Allah first? Aisha, you want to what? You want to go to sleep, Aisha. You want to go to sleep. You want to rest. You want to, you know, you want to watch TV. You want to do something. Can you stop and pray first? So every prayer is its own set of challenges for every person. Every prayer. That's why the number one tip, tip that I give to people whenever they say, "How can I make my prayers better?" is I say, "Make them right away." As soon as the time comes in, the Prophet ﷺ said. When somebody asked him, you know, what's the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He said, prayer on its time. Prayer when its time is here. When its time comes in, it's the best time that you can do it. And if you do that, something that's beautiful, if you pray right right when the time comes in, that feeling of anxiousness that Allah describes us with, you know, we, 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 we avoid prayer because it makes us anxious. You look at the clock, we're like, oh man, I only got 30 minutes left. You look at it again, oh man, I only got 15 minutes left. You look at it again, oh, I only got five minutes left. Go, 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 go. You run, you make wudu, you got one minute left. You say Allah Akbar. And then you finish and you're like, man, that wasn't enjoyable at all. I didn't I didn't find rest and relaxation. What, what are these shayuch talking about? All these sheikhs, all they keep saying is, oh, if you pray, it'll be nice for you. You feel good. No, I just feel rushed. Yeah, that's because you're praying in the last five minutes right? It's because you're praying the last two minutes of the Salah, you know? And then when that prayer ends, and like the, then comes, you're like, again, I just prayed. <laughs> so you feel like, man, you feel like, man, I, like you know, there's no enjoyment in that. So my tip for everybody is to try your best to pray when the time comes in. Try your best to pray right when the time comes in, and see how that works for you, okay? So number one, how to fight off the distractions of the dunya? Prayer, what's your prayer like? Number two, And for those people who know that in their wealth, fi amwalihim that there is a known haqq, here means it's like abundantly known. It is absolutely, without a doubt, you know the deal, you know. And what is that? That people know that their wealth, there's a responsibility that everybody has when they have wealth. What is that responsibility? mahroom For the petitioner and the deprived. For those people that need. السَائِلِ The one who asks. The one who is begging. The second test that Allah Ta'ala puts in our life is wealth. Material wealth. And you know, they say that wealth doesn't change you. It just shows who you really are. And subhanallah, subhanallah, how true that statement is. Wealth does not change a single person. It just shows who we really are. You know, SubhanAllah. I cannot tell you how many. The reason I'm saying SubhanAllah is because there's so many examples that I'm thinking about in my own life. And people that I know that were so generous. So generous. And they had nothing. They had nothing. Can I tell you guys a story about my mom? My mother is one of the most amazing religious people that I know in my life, okay? Uh, and she says, you know, she talks about being generous and having, you know, sadaqah and, and, and all this. She always talks about it. One time we were at a fundraiser. I remember we went to a fundraising dinner at the masjid. And I remember, you know, that the it was actually Imam Suraj Wahaj. May Allah bless him. He was fundraising. And I remember my mom, she wanted to give so bad but we just didn't have the money to give as much as she wanted. She wanted to give a certain amount and that wasn't within our means at that time. So my mother, she has these golden bracelets with some diamond in them that were given to her by her mother. And I remember she called me over because the men were on one side, the women were on the other side. She called me over, I was young, I think I was like 14 or 13. And she's crying, 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 crying. She's bawling. And I say, Mom, what's wrong? And she's just taking off her bracelets. And she says, take these, and I want you to go and give these to Imam Saraj. And I want you to tell him that my mother didn't have the cash to give, but she wanted to give you these. And they were gold, and they were, you know, I mean, they're obviously worth hundreds of maybe even a few thousand dollars like they're it's gold jewelry you know and so subhanallah i remember man subhanallah i remember that day and uh imam Siraj started crying because i brought it up to him and he was confused and he said what's this and i said my mother said that they don't we my mother told us my mother told me that she wanted to donate this because we don't have the cash to give cash but want to give you the jewelry and he started crying And uh, subhanallah, man, that was a really, really, that was a tough time in our family financially. And uh, alhamdulillah, since then, things have improved for our family. But remember, wealth doesn't change you. It just shows you who you really are. So my mother, her generosity didn't go away when she got money. What happened was she became more generous. You know, when things became more stable financially, she became more generous. So the second, Allah Taala tests us. Number one with salah, are we grateful enough to pray? Because salah is the ultimate form of gratitude. When a person thanks Allah Subhanahu, wa ta'ala. that is their salah. When a person can stop them, stop their day and pray, it's one of the greatest forms of of shukr to Allah Subhanahu. Wa ta'ala. Number two is Allah Taala wants to test us and see if we're willing to give things up for His sake. Are we willing to give up the things that we love? right allah taala says what al mala that you love wealth you love money allah taala knows us i love the verses in the quran where allah tells us about ourselves i love it because you read it and you're like man he nailed it it's like yeah of course he nailed it he created you <laughs> says what al mala he he uh, uh, you know he says that you love money with this strange strange love right this strange love like you love it so much like you can't eat it why do you love it so much you know so he says here the second characteristic of the person who's not going to lose their distraction uh, the person who knows that this wealth that I have is not mine it's not mine money comes as fast as it goes and it goes as fast as it comes And so, while I have it, I want to make sure that I take care of those people. I want to take care of the person who's, you know, asking and the person who has been deprived. The person who needs, the person who's been deprived. So, that's the second test, okay, of whether or not you can focus. And the person who has complete and total... Uh, you know, affirms and confirms and believes in the day of judgment. The person who believes in the day of judgment. That they know that this life is not it. And the person who is incredibly worried and scared about the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That this punishment of Allah, of their Lord, is one that no one has any safety from it. Not a single person. So this is all one category. So number one is salah, number two is sadaqah, and number three is a person who remembers the afterlife, that your deeds don't stop here. This is the greatest lie that the world has sold every heart in this dunya, is that your deeds... Stop here. Right? Your deeds stop here. It's amazing, isn't it? SubhanAllah. Like, we think that I do something and the, no big deal. It's just here. It's just today. But you know that the lie you told today makes somebody not trust you tomorrow. Right? The 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 deed that I do right now, it impacts me later. And then even then, it changes my akhirah. changes my afterlife. So... The first was the person who thanks Allah by praying to Allah. The second is the one who's able to sacrifice the dunya by giving it away. The third is the one who every time they do something, they remember that this is going to have a reaction, right? Every action has a reaction. And so for me, I have to remember when I do something or if I don't do something, it's going to have a reaction, okay? And that reaction is going to be in the afterlife. That person, as they, as they complete their act, as they do what they're, as they do what they act, as they do what they're doing, they remember that nobody's safe. Okay. Uh, and those people who protect their Private parts, right? Those people who have modesty and they don't uh, engage in in zina, in premarital sexual relationships. They don't show. They don't do all of these things. They protect them. And Subhanallah, it's crazy, actually, man. I'll tell you guys, because you guys are young, you know. So like, this is something that I know um, is like just out there. It is incredible how you see these people. You know, these movements, right? The Me Too movement, for example. Um, Or, you know, people who are being sexually assaulted or people who are being sexually harassed. And it's all bubbling to the surface now, right? It's all coming to light. And, uh, you know, you look at these people, man, like these athletes or these celebrities or these people, and they're so successful. They're so successful. Some of them are so incredibly successful in what they do. I was just actually, for some reason... This popped up. I was just looking at the history of Tiger Woods, man. Tiger Woods, his his name is synonymous with discipline. You know, he wakes up and runs four miles. He exercises. He practices golf. He does all his things. Then he finishes another four miles. I mean, it's like day in, day out. This man is just a machine. But he couldn't be faithful, right? He couldn't be faithful. Like, his sexual desire took over him. doesn't matter how strong you think you are. Right? If you can't say no to temptation, how strong are you? How strong are you, really? Right. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said, the true person, the true strong person, is not the one who can beat somebody else in a wrestling match. That's not the true strong person. The truly strong person is the one who can hold themselves and control themselves in a time of anger. See how the Prophet ﷺ here is redefining strength? Right? Strength is not about how much you can lift or deadlift or squat or whatever. It's not about that. Strength is about being able to control yourself and not be controlled by your nafs. That's true strength. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying one of the greatest distractions is the distraction of sexual desire. And you have to be able to protect yourself. Except Allah Ta'ala says what? For those people that are lawful for you. So somebody that you're married to, somebody that you, your husband, your wife, etc. That those people that you are, what? That are lawful for you. So it's not like a person has to be uh, celibate and they have they have these desires that Allah created them with but they are not able to express them for their life. No, there are outlets that Allah's Allah created but that's how Islam works. Islam gave us desire Allah Ta'ala created us with a desire, and Islam says, this is the correct way to express your desire, this is the incorrect way, okay, you're hungry, you want to eat, great, food is beautiful, have some food, just make sure that it's not haram, just make sure that it's not pork, it doesn't include alcohol, etc, etc, right, so Islam is all about, look, you have this desire, you want to have, go ahead, by all means, but you have to make sure you do it the right way, okay. And then Allah Ta'ala says, because if you seek from beyond that, That those people who try to go beyond that in pleasuring and seeking pleasure and having that desire fulfilled, then that person is in fact a transgressor. That person has gone beyond the limit. Okay? وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ and those people who, in their trusts and in their promises, they take care of them. Right? Ra'i means like a shepherd. Shepherd, like a, per- a shepherd, what? A shepherd never lets a sheep out of his or her sight. Right? If I'm shepherding animals, I'm not letting that thing out of my sight, you know? Every time you're trusted, every time people trust you, you make a promise then you fulfill that oath and promise you don't let, you don't make people come beg you to fulfill your promise you don't make people have to humble themselves to come back to you right why because that's a sign that you were distracted again okay then allah ta'ala says and continued walladhina hum bishahadatihim right that those people who are bishahadatihim those people in their testimonies when they're witnessing that they are upright that they are truthful people they don't lie they don't take an oath right and they don't say wallahi or walla when they don't actually mean it right when they know that it's something that's not uh you know true ala and again it concludes by those people who are consistent in their prayer ula ikahum fi jannatin <inaudible> mukramun those people will be the ones who are honored in the gardens of jannah so here allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us what? The reality of human beings, that we are people that are easily distracted, easily rattled, easily put off in different ways. And Allah ta'ala says, here's a list of five or six things that if you work on them and if you get really good at them, that you will be able to manage your distractions and you will be a person who is focused in your faith. Number one is prayer. Number 2 is being a person of charity of generousness, being a generous person. Number 3 is constantly remembering the afterlife. Not a day goes by except that you remember that the afterlife is there. Number 4 is physical modesty. Number 5 is being a person of integrity. Right? So the five things and then Allah Taala at the end mentions prayer again. Why does Allah Taala mention prayer again? Some of the scholars of tafsir they said because prayer is something that is the It's like the beginning and the end of your day. It's the beginning of the cycle and the end of the cycle. So prayer is just that important. So Allah Ta'ala mentions it multiple times. So this is one of my favorite sections. I will uh, give it to you guys. Surah Al-Ma'arij, chapter number 70, verse number 19 to 35. Very short ayat, like super short. And if you guys want to mark that down, just write it. Quran, chapter seventy. 19 to 35 this is like the recipe for success we ask allah to grant us success and to give us the ability to follow this beautiful quran and guidance and being focused and not being distracted uh we'll go ahead and take some questions inshallah here because i know that we usually run out of time so i wanted to i set a timer for myself for 45 minutes and so i wanted to make sure that we had some time for questions inshallah before we conclude um so i'll look through the chat right now let's see um all right is there a religious rule that allows combining prayers in really cold and freezing days where prayers are one uh hour from each other uh, okay um so there the ruling uh and this is predominantly practiced you know uh in the Shafi'i Madhab, it, it it's it's mentioned especially that this is something that's done for inordinate weather In the masjid right so for example if there's like a thunderstorm if there's like a thunderstorm or like if there's like really really extreme weather and people are there for dhuhr and they're not going to come back for asr or they can't because there's like a tornado warning or something then you are able to combine that those two prayers in the masjid at that moment but again it's only for really really serious circumstances they're not talking about, you know, days that are cold. Right? So if you would go out and pick out and pick up burgers or go shopping or, you know, see your friends or go to a friend's house or something, if 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 the condition is such outside where you would you would do something. It's not just cuz it's cold. But we're talking here about like danger. Like it's actually dangerous. One of my chefs, he was teaching us this this issue in the books of fiqh and he said like yeah, you would basically do this. You would basically do this when you when you if you would pray, you would combine your prayers at the masjid because you're not sure if the masjid would be there if you came back. Like the weather is so bad that the masjid might blow away, you know? That's kind of what he was saying. So, uh I do think it's important to understand this the seriousness and the severity of the weather or the conditions outside that would change uh the 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 ruling here for prayer um and the timing for prayer Wallahu uh i see here the the du'a for um Jassim. we ask allah ta'ala to ta bless her Amin ya um okay let's do some more how do you get better khushua when you pray i mean this is like a lifelong thing but one of the things that imam ghazali talks about is you have to make sure your heart is present in the prayer you have to make sure that your heart is there. And if you're watching the last minute of a football game, the Super Bowl, you know, your heart is there. If you're watching something like a movie and it's like the, the peak or the climax of the movie, your heart is there, right? So what about in salah? So he mentioned some things about, for example, making sure you're praying in a good space. Don't don't rush your prayer in a place that's like very messy and like causes you to be distracted, right? This is actually the place that I pray in my home, my office. Okay, this is the this is the place that I pray. And as you can see, like we made it a very, very relaxed, chill space because when you pray, you don't want to be distracted. All right. So the qibla is actually that way. And so the the my prayer rug, if you guys can see it, I'm covering it. This is my prayer rug. Okay, and this is where we do salah in the house. And so it's a place that's really chill. There's not a lot of distraction here, there's not a lot of different Uh, you know, items or stuff like that, just some very basic hangings. And so if somebody wants to pray, they come here and there's no distractions. A lot of times if you pray like anywhere in the house, um, you know, there could be a TV here. There could be people there. There could be the kitchen. There could be somebody cooking like it can be distracting. So Imam Hazali says, look, just give yourself a give yourself a good shot. You know, why are you trying to challenge yourself and pray in front of the TV? Like there's no point. So give yourself a good shot. That's number one. Uh number two, I mentioned earlier is praying on time and not praying towards the end of salah. Because if you pray towards the end, you're gonna feel rushed. You're gonna feel rushed, and it's you're not gonna be able to enjoy the prayer. Number three is while you're praying, I want you to think about your greatest hopes that you have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you. What are your greatest hopes? For Allah, like what do you need from Allah? Like what are your greatest things that you are respect? Number two, what are your greatest fears? Like what are the things in this dunya, and the akhirah that you fear the most? And number three is what are your biggest regrets? What are your biggest regrets? And you can add number four to that, what are your greatest blessings? So those four things, your hopes, your fears, your regrets, and your blessings, those four things, if you think about them during your salah and you remind yourself of them and during sujood, you beg Allah for them or to protect you from them, that will absolutely increase you in your khushu, inshallah. Yeah. Good question. Uh, what is your advice for praying at public places like a work, a gym, gas station? I personally feel distracted. Um And I feel like I'm distracting other people. Finding hidden space is better for me. You know, um, it it really is different depending on like the situation. I would say that, you know, praying in public, you just have to get used to it. Once you do it a few times, honestly, you don't even care who's around you anymore. Um, Absolutely, the first couple times, it's a little bit sort of you're like looking around, make sure that nobody, you're not bothering anybody. But as long as you pick a a good spot, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I just prayed. I just prayed to us today in the middle of a parking lot. You know, I have my prayer rug, pulled it out and prayed and nobody cared. People drove, you know, next to me. People walked by me. Nobody said anything or did anything. And I will admit the first few times that you pray in public in a parking lot, it's definitely very distracting. But if you just keep doing it, right cuz you can't miss the prayer you can't say oh i can't pray i'll pray when i get home it's, it's not cuz then you're missing the prayer right um so you have to do it you have to do the salah so you have to be able to make sure that you perform the salah And you know it's okay if it's a little bit uncomfortable that's okay just remember just remember the prophet muhammad sallallahu just remember his story remember him in mecca remember him in the sirah like there were times when he did something that was you know people looked and they're like what is he doing but just is what it is. It's just you and Allah, man. It has nothing to do with anybody else at that point. I understand, though. I understand. But the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, the ayat from Surah Al-Ma'arij. Surah Al-Ma'arij is ayah number 19 to 35. It's chapter 70. Can making istighfar change other? Um, I mean du'a in general changing qadr is like a very interesting way of putting it because you know I know the hadith says that nothing can change qadr except for du'a but if, if Allah the, the, the answer basically in summary is that if Allah Taala destined something for you and you make du'a for something, then Allah Taala, if He's going to grant what you want to you, then He already destined that for you. He destined for you to make du'a, and then He destined that for you. It's a long conversation. Um, if 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 the question that you're asking is, can du'a is to far better my life and change my condition and grant me, you know, make things uh, attainable for me, give me opportunities, then the answer is yes. Yes, istighfar, dua. These are things that can make things opportune. Uh, they can give you opportunities. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, can you explain what Sufism is? Um, I mean, Sufism, like, as a, as a label, um, is sort of a label that people use to point out certain things or practices. But, you know, the word tasawuf, okay, like the practice of, of Sufism um, really, if you look at the scholars like Ibn Taymiyyah, Imam Hazadi, Ibn Qayyim, etc. Um, they would just define it as trying to gain closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by following as, you know, as best we can the sharia. Now, in, in, in more recent times, especially not just recent times, but as history progressed and especially in more recent times, this title, Sufi or Sufism... Uh, became like politicized you know what that means like it kind of became like labeled right like oh this is this is what sufis do or this is what salafis do or this is what you know hanafis or deobandis do so all these terms became like like political terms like people use them to label other people uh, when in reality you know all of them have good uh, origins and practices um, and so Sufism really is no different than what Islam teaches, right? It's just a different science within Islam. It's the science of trying to gain closeness to Allah Taala by means of purifying one's heart and doing what is what, what is what Allah and His Messenger love. So it's just one of those things. Um, you know, you don't really have to worry about it either way. You know, just make sure that you study the Quran as much as you can and you study the life of the Prophet as much as you can. and and always have a connection to knowledge and scholarship and you'll be fine in How to pray without listening to Shaitan? Yeah, I mean, it's all of those things combined. Shaitan uses the weaknesses that are within us and he uses the distractions that are around us to whisper and cause us to lose focus. So the things that I mentioned earlier about making sure that you're not rushing, making sure that you're not praying in a place of distraction, making sure that you're already focused on something else. You don't just walk up to the prayer with a blank mind, right? What are you praying about, right? So being grateful to Allah, seeking gratitude. What do you hope for? What are you afraid of? Things like that. Because then you'll already have focus, right? Instead of trying to find focus in prayer, you'll already walk into prayer with focus, okay? Um, one of the recent that, one of the recent that has recently helped Michael Shua is genuinely, uh, perfecting the prayer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we do a, a series on Instagram every Thursday called Perfecting Our Prayer. And we read from this book that Imam Azali wrote on Salah. And it's actually really helped me a lot. It's amazing. Uh, it's so helpful. I'm not being paid to say that. Yeah, she's not being paid to say that. Mashallah. Thank you, Sana, for your kind words. Uh, so if you want to get better at prayer, I would check out the series on Instagram. And they're all on my IGTV. I think there's like 48 episodes, but they're very short, they're like 20, 20 minutes long. So you can you can like watch an episode a week or something like that, inshallah, or like you know, one every two weeks. But it's Thursday evenings, Thursday evenings, inshallah. Any other questions here in the chat before we uh before we wrap up? Because as it's uh it's approaching the 9 30 mark for, for y'all. 9 30, I think you guys are an hour ahead of me. Any more questions? Last call. These are some good questions, mashallah. I think we are good. Wa alaikum assalam.
1: Um, okay, thank you so much for answering the questions of the audience. But as a team, we do have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. So, first question: When you get a chance to come back to Michigan, um, what would be the first thing that you would try?
0: The first thing that I would do.
1: Yeah, do try whatever.
0: You know, if if I come in the fall, I heard that Michigan has like really amazing apple cider. Oh yeah. Like the donuts and like apple cider and apple orchards. So like I would love to bring my family to. My kids are in love with with apple everything. So
1: yeah, there's here, so.
0: yeah, so that would be something cool. But you know, musli sweets and I mean, there's like the the standard. You know, like musli sweets and there's that new barbecue place that I heard about. I haven't been to yet. So there's a lot of different options. Michigan's are really. I mean, I love Michigan. mashallah, Detroit, Michigan, are one of my favorite places. Inshallah Ya Rab, once yeah. the, yeah. pandemic is uh is is a little bit has lessened and the, the safe it's safe to travel and i'd love to come back inshallah, travel and see you guys definitely
1: inshallah. well we're looking forward to having you back in Michigan um another question that we have for you is um if you have um uh, what's one thing that you have had to change um like for your routine for your daily life uh throughout COVID
0: and uh you know the biggest thing is actually my children and this is funny because we were texting earlier about my kids. <laughs> um, you know, my children, because because we don't, um, you know, my wife and I both work. And so my wife teaches and I obviously, you know, put them in roots. And so we're always trying to manage our kids and we don't have any ability to like, we used to have a really good family friend. She used to come and babysit my kids and we would pay her. And, you know, it's kind of a nice, they loved her. She was great. She's like one of their, you know, one of their big sisters. And, uh, you know, obviously right now her father is a doctor. So she's really, we don't, you know, she doesn't want to put our kids at risk so um it's just been trying to manage that you know and just trying to really uh, be at home as much as possible my kids are gonna be in for a very interesting ride when I start to travel again because it's been <laughs> nine months I haven't been on a plane right I used to travel twice three times a month so I've really enjoyed it obviously being able to be here with my kids and hang out with them and spend so much time with them but like tonight like you know I was telling I was telling you and the team earlier that I uh, took my kids out for ice cream at 6.30 and, you know, just kind of like just random Friday Juma'ah treat because normally on Fridays after Juma'ah at the Masjid, we'd get ice cream. So since the Masajid are a little bit, you know, strict about children these days, we can't go for Juma'ah together. And so I try to make sure, you know, Juma'ah time after Maghrib, we take them for ice cream. So it's been the biggest thing, I think. Um, you know, and I look forward, inshallah, to socializing and seeing people again and, and all that inshallah inshallah
1: yeah i definitely feel with that i have five siblings so having them all at home with my parents is it's been crazy
0: yeah are you are you on the older side or the younger side
1: um the second one second oldest
0: you're the second okay so you you're basically helping run the, the team yeah yeah that's, yeah that's i mean yeah so you you probably you know you probably feel exactly what we're feeling then yeah
1: yeah yeah i definitely do um, i want to thank you so much for having us host you for our series, inshallah. Um, I know me, I learned so much uh, throughout the series and I know a lot of the attendees have as well. Um, So thank you so much for having us. And thank you all to the audience as well for tuning in to all the sessions. Um, We hope you have benefited greatly. Um, If you want to listen to any of the sessions, they're all available on our Facebook and our YouTube page as well as our podcast. So we recently started our podcast. It's available on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Um, it'll be coming soon to Apple inshallah. So, um, if you want to tune in, you can, you know, view all the past few sessions and then we'll be uploading this session as well to it.